the Girl Crush Podcast. Some theme music. Kate Winslet micro expressions, 1800s teen angst. She is one of the most humble people. I love the character growth. She's award winning, well known. Yeah, I love this. She's 100% this character. She has this gumption off the charts. She is amazing. Oh, so classic. Bold, valiant, daring. So much grit, a lot of tears, a lot of boobs. A life lesson, you know? A life lesson from Kate Winslet. Yes. Hello and welcome to Girl Crush Podcast. I'm Allie. And I'm Ann. We love Kate Winslet, so this season we're watching all of her movies and ranking them. If you want to give us your thoughts, be sure to connect with us on Instagram at girlcrush underscore pod. And as always, be sure to rate and review. On today's episode, we'll be talking about Finding Neverland, which was released in 2004. Kate plays a character named Sylvia, and this movie is based on the true story of the penning of the early 1900s play Peter Pan. Playwright J.M. Barry is inspired by a group of rowdy boys and their mother, who he meets in the park. You can rent this on Amazon if you'd like to watch it. I think it's worth the watch for sure. Totally agree. And if you want to do that, now's the time to pause and go watch it because from here on out, there will be spoilers. Okay, so for the plot of Finding Neverland, we gave this an 8.75 out of 10. Very strong. Strong. Movie opens at an old London theater on opening night in 1903. Everyone is abuzz with excitement. There is nothing like opening night, right? No, it is the best. The best. What is your favorite theater shows to either be in or to see? Oh, this is such a hard question. First of all, I geek out at the beginning of any musical. I mean, if you're in it, opening night, oh, so exciting. So fun. Even if you're not in it, when like the overture starts playing, I am like shaking in my seat. <laughs> I nerd out so much. <laughs> Agreed. Agreed. Probably some of my favorites to see would be The Lion King, Wicked. Those are definite standouts to me. What about you for ones you've seen? Ooh, for ones I've seen. Uh, Hamilton. Oh, yeah, of course. Hamilton's amazing. Lion King is incredible. Wicked is a classic. This episode will come out after I've done this, but I am going to New York the first week of January to see our friend Sydney and going to see Shucked, the musical. On Broadway. Uh, Very excited. Yes. (laughs) I haven't seen a Broadway show in so long. But I love any just like, I think musical theater for me. I I agree with you. Just everything about it. I'm recalling when you and I went and saw the high school that's near me. Their spring musical. It's precious. I loved it. Adorable. Mm. So fun. As the theater fills, the orchestra is swelling, like Allie said. And like, we're just... Inner feels very excited, excited to be here, excited to excited for everyone involved. <laughs> yes. The show begins, and we see the playwright J.M. Barry, played by Johnny Depp, peering out of the curtains, watching the crowd's reactions. He's very worried that they're gonna hate it. And Johnny Depp is kind of like Jared Leto to me, in that I have to stare at him long enough as a character to make sure it's actually him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because he plays so many different characters and has a lot of different looks and stuff. So many different looks. Like, yes. some actors are just like always seem to be in roles where they are, like, transformed, and he is one of them. Yes, totally agree. He gets complimented after the show, but he's still very hard on himself. And we see a maid cutting out an article in the newspaper with the headline, quote, Barry's play fails to impress. And it's kind of sweet. seems like she's cutting out the negative reviews so that he won't see them. Right. J.M. Barry, who goes by James, goes to a park and meets three young boys who are playing. They ask him if they can play with his dog. And their mom, Sylvia, played by Kate Winslet, apologizes, but he's very gracious, doesn't mind chatting and playing with them. He puts on a little play for them. 
Her fourth son, Peter, doesn't want to play and thinks James's pretending is very lame. <laughs> we flash between the make-believe scene, which is a big performance where he's dancing with a bear, and real life, which is him actually dancing with his dog. It's very cute. And also, children with British accents in these tiny little suits. Oh, the cutest ever. So small. So cute. So cute. When Sylvia and her boys leave, she asks Peter if he enjoyed it, and he says, I've seen better. <laughs> Harsh. Uh, James, meanwhile, tells his wife about it when he gets home, seemingly inspired by the interaction. She's a little jealous or maybe suspicious when he says he hopes to see them again. Mrs. Barry recognizes their family name and knows that Sylvia's husband has passed away, but then she offers to invite them to dinner. It's maybe like a keep your enemies closer kind of situation. Mm -hmm. The next day at the park, James is writing there and little Peter approaches him and asks what he's writing about. He's at the park alone today because his mom has a cold. And automatically, you're like, consumption. She's going to die. <laughs> like, did a common cold exist in the early 1900s? I feel like everything was just like, goodbye. Right, right. James's play is already closing, but his producer is keeping the actors on and has an extended lease on the theater. He's expecting JM to come up with something better. No pressure. James continues playing pretend with the kids, but when he makes just kind of a playful comment about like, essentially pretending that they're his sons just as part of what they're playing pretend, Peter gets really upset. Mm -hmm. Sylvia, her mom, and her kids come over for dinner. Mrs. Barry makes small talk with Sylvia's mom while James entertains the kids making them laugh. And they talk about the make-believe they've been doing, and Mrs. Barry's eyes are just shooting daggers at everyone. She's, she's not happy. She's not. She calls the evening a disaster, though both James and Sylvia separately agree that it was great. Mrs. Barry really just wanted to leverage Sylvia as a social connection, but they clearly didn't click, because Sylvia, I guess, is just mm -hmm. much better connected than Mrs. Barry is. James continues spending time with the boys and Sylvia, to Mrs. Barry's and Sylvia's mother's dismay. They try to fly a kite, and it's this, like, very joyous moment when the youngest boy, Peter, gets it up in the air, and it's, like, kind of emotional. <laughs> I know. I love it. <laughs> Cute Peter, who's been averse to the whole thing, says he thinks he could write a whole story about the kites. He's like, maybe a little inspired. Yeah, he's also feeling inspired. It's yeah. an inspirational scene. Sylvia's mom shows up at the house taking over, insisting that the kids need more discipline and order. James imagines Sylvia's mom with a hook for a hand. So like... I'm going to kind of see where things are going here. Mm -hmm. Mrs. Barry is upset that James has been gone all day and missed dinner, clearly jealous of the time he's spending with Sylvia and the kids. It seems like Mr. and Mrs. Barry haven't really been close in some time. There's some trouble in paradise. Mm -hmm. James gets Peter a really nice notebook for him to write his stories in, and it's just like an adorable moment. He asks Peter if he can use his name for a character in his new play, and Peter's like honored by this gesture. Mm-hmm. Very cute. And remember, he's a tiny child, so this is all just, yeah. like, adorable. With a British accent. Yes. <laughs> James is at the Davies' house, Sylvia's house, that night as the boys get ready for bed. It is pure chaos. They are jumping on their beds, and he imagines them flying out the window, a la the Peter Pan opening that we all know. James confines in Sylvia about his own loss and identifies with Peter's grief. He thinks Peter's trying to grow up too fast to get over his grief, like actual Peter. Mm -hmm. He pitches his in-progress play to his producer, who thinks it's absolutely ridiculous, like get serious, grow up. Right. James invites the Davies family to his cricket game. 
His friend tells him people are talking about how much time they've been spending together and even rumors about why he's spending so much time with the boys. Like, nefarious, gross things. James thinks it's ridiculous and says he's just their friend and he doesn't really seem to care about the rumors, but, like, obviously his wife does. Right. The kids now call him Uncle Jim and he takes Sylvia and the boys to his wife's cottage to, like, stay for the summer. I think part of this is, like, you know... I think we talked about this in our Ammonite episode of just, like, fresh air was a prescription for health at the time. And so he's like, get away for the summer, this clean air environment. Using the actors from his original play, James is having a reading for Peter Pan. One of the men is going to be dressed in a dog suit to be Nanny the dog, and everyone is just unsure of what to do with this crazy and silly premise of a play. Series Mm -hmm. of actors. James goes to visit the Davies again, and the boys surprise him with a play written by Peter. It's so cute, and Peter is, like, warning them, like, it's just a silly play, like, you know, trying to, like, calm their expectations. It's adorable. Oh, but they've done, like, a whole production. It's precious, honestly. Yeah. Mid-play, Sylvia has a coughing fit. She claims nothing is wrong, but James gets the doctor to come visit anyway. Doc says she needs to go to the hospital for further tests, but she's reluctant because she has no interest in hospitals given what happened to her husband. James sees Peter tearing apart his whole little play's set and costumes. He thinks grown-ups are going to lie about his mother being sick because when his father was sick, they were supposed to go fishing, but then he died. Poor Peter is just so troubled and so sad. Ugh, it's heartbreaking. Ugh, it's awful. When James gets home, Mrs. Barry is entertaining a man named Gilbert, surprised that James is home so soon, even though it's late. Gilbert graciously excuses himself. Mrs. Barry wants to talk, but James isn't ready for whatever conversation they might have. I'm like, throwing stones in glass houses, ma'am. Right. Also, she's, like, so soft-spoken. Clearly, she's, you know, trained to be this, like, proper lady. But if you're mad, just, like, get mad. Right, right. Could never be a proper lady. (laughs) James shows up to the Davies' house in a Native American headdress. Sylvia's mom wants to talk to him and the boys. Like, oh, he's in trouble. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) She says she's going to move in with Sylvia and the boys to bring order and manage the household. She thinks that James is impeding on Sylvia's prospects to remarry and suggests he focus on his own family. Yikes. So yeah, these rumors are like not doing them any favors. Right. Even though so far everything's been like very innocent. He gets home and finds his wife reading through his journal, admitting that she was looking for some sort of confession. She's sad that she doesn't feel a part of his work or life, and she compliments his new writings and says it's the best he's ever done. She just wishes she was part of it. They talk sadly of how they've grown apart, and um, her name's Mary. She puts forth pretty reasonable expectations for him to spend more time with her. She says she's not asking him to give up the play, but to rehearse and then come home to her for dinner. Like, stop spending so much time with the Davies. Otherwise, they need to end their marriage. She's, like, pretty straightforward about it. Finally, I feel like up until this point, they were kind of like dancing around this subject. And I'm like, you could have just had this conversation sooner. So what she's asking for is not like unreasonable. Right, right. Play rehearsals are starting for Peter Pan. James very calmly gives Nanny the dog notes, which is kind of funny. Mm-hmm. But the producer continues to question the play, just thinking it's too silly. <laughs> also, such a funny moment. There's <laughs> this guy in the dog suit being Nanny the dog, his castmates are, like, encouraging him by saying, I think you're better on four legs than you are on two. (laughs) Three of the boys come to the theater. The oldest, George, is worried that Sylvia is sicker than she's letting on and doesn't know what to do. James encourages George to talk to his mom and try to convince her to go to the hospital. 
The boys are taking turns on the fly lines. I've always wanted to do that. Oh, me too. What a dream. Oh. And while arguing over having a turn, a rope gets dropped and George falls and hurts himself. At the hospital, he won't allow the doctors to set his arm unless Sylvia gets examined. She says they won't tell her anything different, making James think she already knows something is potentially seriously wrong. But she finally agrees that she'll get the examination and take whatever medicines they prescribe, but she doesn't want to know the diagnosis because she wants life to go on like normal. She's just trying to like, Mm. she's like, I know something's wrong, but it is what it is. Yeah. James rushes home and finds his wife has taken all of her stuff and left. So she was, like, pretty serious on that clause about coming home for dinner. (laughs) Rough. She's like, one chance. We're done. Right. It's finally opening night for Peter Pan. The Davies are getting ready, and Sylvia has a coughing fit and falls. At the theater, James is waiting anxiously for them. He's also made the producer put aside 25 seats throughout the theater, which aren't filled yet. Sylvia's sitting in bed waiting for the doctor at home. She encourages Peter to go to the play, but he says he can't do that. It's only a play. Oh! this point i am crying yeah he's like i gotta stay with you mom just as the play is about to start what can only be described as a gaggle of children (laughs) arrive to the theater from the orphanage to fill the 25 seats to see the play the producer again is like this is stupid these were seats that could have been like paid for and you're filling it with kids but it's adorable yeah it's so sweet but we also see peter arrive with his little play notebook in hand The play begins with Nanny the dog crawling on stage doing chores, and the children in the audience giggle, and this kind of, like, encourages the adults because they seem skeptical at first, but they quickly join in on the giggles because the kids are giggling. Yeah, yeah. James leaves the play to go check on Sylvia. Her mother tries to send him away, but George demands she let him come inside. We're like, yes, George. Sylvia continues to try to hold up the charade that she's not sick. She just had to stay home to mend things and catch up on some chores. Well, thank you, Sylvia. Yeah, come on. My friend. (laughs) The gig is up. James and Sylvia have a moment alone. He tells her she can't just keep pretending, but she says he's the one who brought pretending into their lives. Mm -hmm. She says he's come to mean so much to all of them that they must go on pretending till the end that he's a part of their family, even if it's just pretend. Mm Mm-hmm. Back at the theater, the audience loves Peter Pan. The producer is shocked and marvels at James's genius. James returns to the theater and sees Mrs. Barry, who asks if he's heard about her and Gilbert's scandal. Yikes. James says he's sorry, and she says not to be. Without the family, he never would have been able to write this, so clearly he needed them. I can't tell where her head's at, totally, to be honest with you. Yeah, agreed. The evening ends with glowing compliments to James. Tears coming immediately to both of our eyes when Peter calls the play magical and then calls James Peter Pan. (laughs) Sylvia continues to grow weaker. She's sad that James hasn't been by. Even her mother is disappointed that he hasn't come. The boys ask her to come downstairs, and James is there. They've brought a mini version of Peter Pan to her living room, including musicians. I'm weeping at this point, by the way. It's so sweet. At the end of the play, there's this fantastical pretend landscape revealed, which James tells Sylvia is Neverland. She slowly walks into it with the fairies. Presumably, this is her passing away. Yes. And in real life, remember, this is based off of a true story. Sylvia Davies died of inoperable lung cancer, which is so sad. But she actually died in 1910, which is five years after Peter Pan came out, not just as it came out. So a little bit different than what we're seeing here in the movie. Yeah. Cut to her funeral. How dare they, even though we knew she was dying or dead. Right. Peter is upset with James for seemingly trying to replace their dad. We've just like come full circle here. 
James apologizes to Sylvia's mom, saying he ruined everything, but she says he's giving himself too much credit, (laughs) and he's just grieving. (laughs) Sylvia's mom reveals that Sylvia requested a co-guardianship for the boys between her and James, and they agree to respect her wishes. James and Peter have a heart-to-heart. It's very sweet. He's very honest with Peter, like, talks to him like an adult, and says that his mom will always be with him in his heart and in his imagination. And that is the end. Oh, I just got teary-eyed again. (laughs) I'm just imagining him, like, on the bench, you know? Uh. Yes. It's a really, really sweet movie. It really is. Others agreed with us. Rotten Tomatoes, 83% critic score, 87% audience score. I feel like everyone I know who has seen this movie likes it. Yes, agreed. It's, like, well-known that it's well-liked. Yeah, it's a likable movie. Mm-hmm. It was based on the 1998 play The Man Who Was Peter Pan by Alan Nee, and the film earned seven nominations at the 77th Academy Awards, including Best Picture, Best Adapted Screenplay, and Best Actor for Johnny Depp, and it won for Best Original Score. Oh, so cool. I love the imagination scenes in this, like when it's flipping back and forth between reality and what James or everybody else is kind of like seeing in their pretend world. I just think it's such a cool way to film the movie and it really like brought the imagination to life. Mm -hmm. And um, little Freddie Highmore plays Peter. And this seemed like it kind of launched his career because after that, Johnny Depp suggested him to Tim Burton for Charlie and the Chocolate Factory which is where he played Charlie Bucket and Depp played Willy Wonka. So like he like liked working with this little kid and that's kind of sweet. Yes, that's so cool. Was there anything you disliked about the movie? The real life story of this family is incredibly tragic. <laughs> of course I looked it up. Of course. And the biggest complaint it seems from critics for this movie is that even though it's based on real life, it's like not historically accurate. Right. And the whole Davies family history is actually really sad. So James Barry actually met George and Michael in 1902 in Kensington Gardens. Peter was just a baby then, but James wrote a piece in 1902 where the Peter Pan character originally appears as a baby. So, like, it was based Hmm. off of Little Baby. But their dad actually did not die until 1907, so he was actually, like, around during all this. Mm -hmm. And then the mother, like you said earlier, died in 1910, and then George and Peter went on to fight in World War I, where George died. And Peter eventually opened a publishing house with James Barry's help, but he hated being the inspiration for Peter Pan. And he, like, I guess thought that his penance for that was that he was going to inherit everything from Barry when he died, but he didn't. It was split between him and his brothers, Barry's secretary, and the copyright for Peter Pan was actually given to the London Children's Hospital. So, like, he didn't really profit from it as much as he thought he would. Mm -hmm. And he ended up an alcoholic in poor health, and he actually committed suicide partially because his wife and three sons all inherited the Huntington disease gene. So he just had, like, such a tragic life. That is awful. Isn't that awful? Yeah, that is awful. It's so sad. Well, I kind of see why they didn't, like, include all that in the movie. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it would have been a very different movie. Right. And I'm sure they had the dad die earlier so that they could have this extra drama of, like, is there something going on with James and, you know, Sylvia or whatever. Yeah. And I don't know if that is true or not. Like, if they had any kind of romantic. Yeah. Though they're never actually romantic in the movie. It's just like a kinship. No, it just seems like they're kind of, yeah, they've found this kinship with each other. Yeah. Anything you did not like about it? No. Overall, I just thought it was so heartwarming. I mean, besides like crying at the end. I don't love that, you know? Right. I don't like when people die. But it's, it's sweet. I love just like the fantastical 
imagery of the movie. Like, I love when they cut to, like, the imagination scenes. Like, it's just very fantastical. Yes, so true. So for Kate's character, Sylvia, we gave her a 7 out of 10. I feel like we just had to give her kind of a solid 7 here because we liked her, but we didn't feel like we got to know her super well throughout the movie. She's, you know, trying to be playful with her her children, but she has to try and be proper in front of her, like, uptight mom and the other women in society. So it's kind of sweet to see that side of her. Mm -hmm. And even though she was sick, she wanted to maintain the semblance of normalcy as much as she could for her children. So I I admire that about her. And I got to say, I know it's 1903, but I am digging her outfits. And I'm like, (laughs) is it just because it's Kate Winslet? I feel like she was just made for these outfits. Like, I could see her in public at Whole Foods wearing one of these costumes and I would like would not give it a second thought right right somehow she's just able to pull it off she really is (laughs) so for Kate's acting we gave her an 8.25 out of 10 it was pretty strong she was nominated for best actress for the British Academy Film Awards for the Broadcast Film Critics Association and also um, was part of the Outstanding Cast nomination for the SAG Awards so pretty good recognition for this movie She's just so natural in a role like this, like her mannerisms, how she's like touching her face when she talks and her character's like kind of flustered or doesn't know what to say. I think we've like noticed this a lot throughout Kate Winslet's acting that she's very good at acting kind of anxious isn't the right word, but like kind of uh, Mm. flustered, I guess, like I just said. Yeah, yeah. She's very good at seeming like she's trying to like and doesn't know what she's about to say, you know? Right. Yes. Agreed. Also, I thought her crying in this movie was very good when she's sick in bed on opening night. She's crying while she's watching the play in her living room. Her eyes are like brimming with tears. You know, we love a good solid cry. Yeah. And I love how she differentiates her acting and ultimately her character based on who she's interacting with. Like when she's around Mm -hmm. her mother, she's very proper. She talks very differently. When she's just with her boys or with James, she's kind of rambunctious. She's like yeah. quick-witted and very playful and More fun-loving. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I I love that she kind of brought that element to it. Agreed. And for our bonus category of feisty, we had to give her a zero out of two here. Likeable character, but she's not feisty. Agreed. And for would you watch again? We gave this a five out of five. I don't actually know that I had seen this before we watched it, but I absolutely saw why people love this movie. It's charming. It's fun. It's sad. I laughed. I cried. All the things. Yeah. It's a good watch. It is a good watch. I, I'm not sure how often I'd pick it out because you do end up crying and I don't often feel like that, but mm-hmm. I still would watch it again. Agreed. So to review for Finding Neverland, we gave the plot an 8.75 out of 10, Kate's character Sylvia a 7 out of 10, her acting an 8.25 out of 10, a feisty score of a 0 out of 2, and a Would You Watch Again score of a 5 out of 5, bringing this to a total of 29 out of 37 points, meaning that Finding Neverland is ranked number 7 of mm-hmm. all Kate Winslet movies. Mm-hmm. Which I think is very impressive, considering that she got a 0 for feisty. Agreed. Yeah, no bonus points and still in the top 10. Yeah, very impressive. As always, thanks for listening to the Girl Crush Podcast. Let us know your thoughts on today's movie. You can find us on Instagram at girlcrush underscore pod or on TikTok at girlcrushpod. You can also visit our website at girlcrushpodcast.com or support us at buymeacoffee.com slash girlcrushpod. Tune in next time when we'll be talking about the life of David Gale. So pumped for that one. Yes. Oh, it's controversial and it's good. Yes. (laughs) Bye. Bye. Bye.